Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos Podcast, where we talk with people around the world who can help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor, certified eating disorder specialist, and advanced clinical hypnotherapist. Calming the Chaos Podcast is for those who want self-help resources and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. In this episode of Calming the Chaos, I will be talking to Robert Kittredge. Uh, Robert is a coach, a speaker, a mentor, and I'm particularly interested in how he offers us a new solution to calm our mental chaos. He's going to come on and describe how he uses his training in human design to help people recognize any fear-based conditioning they may be having and also be causing themselves additional chaos or possibly unneeded chaos, and then offer us some solutions that uh, can help us calm the chaos in a very different way. And since I don't know a whole lot about human design, I've been really looking forward to this interview. Plus, Robert's just a great guy, very informative and fun to talk to. So I'm going to welcome him now. Welcome, Robert, to Calming the Chaos. Tracy, I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I don't know if anybody's ever said they were honored, but I am honored that you're honored. How's that? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm very intentional who I connect with. And, these, you know, there's all kinds of podcasts out there, but I want to make sure I'm being um, intentional with getting my message across. And, I mean, what better way than calming the chaos? When I saw yours, I was like, oh, we got to connect. That, that's, a, that, that's a great, great deal. Yeah, because there is a lot of chaos going on out there, and I think that the traditional ways – of being calm or using skills sometimes just don't work for some people. And so when we talk about alternative ways that we can uh, access different methods of, of healing or knowledge about ourselves and our world, I think that is interesting to a lot of my listeners for sure. Good, good. Well, I'm excited. This is great. Yay. Well, so why don't we start about you just telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you got to be doing this work that you're doing now. Yeah. Well, I have been on the personal growth journey since about 1982. I started in the back of a police car in Boulder, Colorado. Nothing major, nothing big. It was actually something pretty silly. But what came to me during that experience was this isn't where you belong. And I was I was on a pretty self-destructive path at the time. It just got divorced. Um, in the 80s, Boulder was a little bit of a wild place, and I was a pretty much wild child trying to find myself. And shortly after that, I got involved in the fire service. So 30 years in the fire service as a firefighter, fire chief. And through all that, it was still about personal growth. I always tried to figure out how could I be just a little bit better, just a little bit better. Just a little, and how can I work with the people within my team and how do we raise them up also? And most of what I saw is we try to train people to do that. You said that. There's modalities out there. There's 
behavioral assessments. There's all kinds of things. But what I'm finding now, and I was introduced to human design about a year ago, a friend of mine introduced me to a coach, a fellow coach. And at the end of our coffee, she says, you know, I've got something that you might be interested in. And we sat down over about an hour and a half with my design and it, it actually just blew me away. It opened up and answered so many questions for me that I had been searching for out there. And the realization is they were right here all the time versus me trying to find them somewhere out there. I got into it. I started studying it. And I thought, you know, this is, this is cool. And I brought it now into my coaching practice to help my clients really learn how to be themselves and in your words find ways to really calm the chaos that we encounter in our society mm. wow so you were actually a fire chief when you started and were able to do the work on human design while you were a fire chief it sounds no, like no 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 timeline little little space in there i retired as a, out of the fire service in about 2013 and so since then, I've been an instructor and a trainer and a coach, and I've tried on all kinds of different different hats. When I say retired, I'm never one that's going to probably be the typical, you know, sit by a lake somewhere and fish. Now, that's fun for a shorter period of time. For me, I've got to be making a difference. For me, I've got to be serving and helping others. So I'll probably, you know, my day of retirement comes when they probably close the lid. It's, it's, it's my day of retirement. Wow. Okay. So you were in the fire services after being in the back of a cop car, by the way, and getting getting to be this, I want more, I want more, I want to learn more about my own self and, and be that much better. And then retiring and becoming a helper or a coach and trying to find your way after that. And then about a year ago is when you found the human design component. That's correct. Yep. Oh, yep. Goodness. Can you tell us a little bit about what human design is and why it is so profoundly affected your life and your practice? Mm. Well, what it is, is a modality. And what it does is it encompasses a few other. So astrology, it brings in the Chinese I Ching, it brings in chakras, and it brings in the Jewish Kabbalah. So basically it brings together all of these different modalities to really how I say it anyway, how God is, it is our God's DNA. It is how it, that I refer to it. Now, it's not who we are. It's really our purpose, our potential and our possibility. It's a roadmap. When I, when I, when I work with my clients, that's what it is. It's really a roadmap for their journey to, to reach that, that ultimate, who, who am I? Who am I? And everybody has a different roadmap. Is that what I understand? Everybody is unique. And, yeah. you know, we talked a little bit about my website, right? How many of us have tried to fit in or have tried to, or have been forced to try to fit into the box when we're not designed to fit in the box? We're all unique in every which way. Everybody's DNA, right? Those strands of stuff is unique between everybody our human design dna is exactly the same we may be the same profile or we may be the same you know those kind of things but because of the activations that happen within the profile within our human design 
makes us unique. Thus, we're meant to stand out, not fit in. Exactly. And, and that's exactly what it says on your website in this beautiful saying, are you exhausted by trying to fit in? What if you were designed to stand out? And that really is very catchy and apparently captures the essence of your own unique design, right? It does. One of the things that it opened up for me was I struggled in school. I mean, I was not, I, I was, I was one of the lower ones that made the upper class look good, right? I, you know, it was, and I barely slid out. And I understand now because of my design, my learning is more of a passive learning, not an active learning, it's called. So to take notes, like they tried to teach us to do the, the note taking or to do research or to, I never fit, it, it just wouldn't work. And at first, during all that time, I can't tell you how many times I was asked, what's wrong with you? Nothing. But I didn't know because I, I wasn't like everybody else that could do it. Now what I realize as I go back is that I'm not designed that way. And that has opened up for me an entirely way to learn differently. Mm-hmm. One of those, one of the first certification classes in my class in my cert- certification, the instructor said, Robert, I'll, I'll just give you this. You might want to do this, but don't take notes. And my first thing was like, right? I mean, ah, how do I remember everything? And she goes, you're not designed to remember anything. I'm a passive, so I absorb. And when it's correct and ready, it'll come back out when it's time. And it has made an amazing difference in my life. One, relieving that pressure of I've got to remember all this. I've got to get what they're saying. I've got to all of that pressure to just be able to absorb and know that when it's right, it's going to come back out. So that was one huge thing for me is that education piece of not fitting in that education box. Well, I suppose that takes a lot of trust, right? Especially when people are telling you, you better get this down, you better get it right, you better take a note. And that was really super big in our school systems when I was growing up. And so I can see how that would take a lot of trust. Am I wrong about that? No, you're perfect right on. And The key is, what are you trusting? We're designed to trust our inner authority, but we're conditioned to trust the outer authority. So the school teachers are getting paid to teach us what we need to know, blah, 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 in the way that they've been taught to teach. And look at our school system today. How many of these kids don't fit the system? They're troubled students or whatever. It's not. They just don't fit the design of that teaching. It's when we learn how to learn ourselves and trust what this feels like, we start to be able to better filter that outer authority. Wow. So welcome to our first lesson on fear-based conditioning. And this is one of them in that we are supposed to, supposed to, I put in air quotation marks, take notes and do things in the ways that that people or authorities say that we should. And that's fear-based. And we are conditioned to believe that way. However, if we have a design that is different from that, then we might encounter some, I guess, some chaos along the way and wonder <laughs> if, if we don't have that roadmap, we may not know what to do. And, and many don't. 
Mm-hmm. Many, they're looked at or they drop out or they, you know, the, and I love that, the chaos that they feel and they have no, they have no control over it. There's no way to change it because the only thing they have is what they're being told or who they're being told they are or what they, and I love what you said, they should do. One of my keys, right, is I believe in a world where people can make choices and decisions in line with their design free from the shoulds of life, mm-hmm. right? If, if, if we could stop shoulding all over ourselves, <laughs> yeah. but that's the world, that's society. We're told how we should behave and what we should do and who we should be. Right. I have plenty of adults and kids who are kinesthetic learners, which are hands-on and being brought up in a system that requires us to read and retain and write is really super challenging for them. And part of the work that I do as a therapist, although I don't do human design, is to help people just to sort of understand that they're in a system that doesn't support their optimal learning. I don't know if you have anything to offer these folks that are struggling in that way, especially as the pandemic brings the kids back to school and now we're back into the classroom settings again. These sorts of things are coming up for our young people. I don't know if you have anything to say to them, especially the kinesthetic learners who are forced in an environment where they're reading and retaining knowledge. Well, and again, how do we do that? We then force them to take a test to memorize and recall what we've taught them to see. And then we judge them on whether they've done well or not. So, but we're not judging them. We're not working within their capabilities, but that's not our system. That's not our education system, or at least the traditional education system. So one thing I'm excited about is uh, my daughter just had her first boy, her first son four months ago. And she's been on this journey with me over the last year her human design and starting to decondition as soon as she could, she texted me his design, like his birth information. And we ran his design and he is what's called a manifester. She is now committed to bringing him up within his design, not within the, the typical learning. And already now four months, get this already four months. He's rolling over. He's pulling himself up. He's cutting his front teeth. Manifestors will do what they want to do. Now think about that as a mom. Think about that trying to raise your child and not knowing, like, he won't follow me or he won't. And so my recommendation is find out your design and find out your child's design. And it's really not hard when you start to look at that to then parent them in their style versus what society tells us how to parent them. Think about what that would be like. Well, I've heard the saying, they don't come with instruction manuals, but perhaps they do. Perhaps they do. That's actually my client. What they get in our session is they get what's called an owner's manual. That's what I've called it because it truly is the owner's manual to you. It's, It's your roadmap. And so what sort of population of people do you work with? Who typically gravitates to your coaching, your mentorship, your speeches, your speaking engagements? Who do you typically attract? Yeah, great. Um, Great question. 
Because that's something I'm starting to really look at the data now and and look at that as who am I? I so you don't there's, so there's profiles or there's types. I'm I'm what's called a generator. A generator is about seventy percent of the world. Generators are workers. That's what we're meant to do. We're meant to build and work. That's what we're meant to do. Projectors are twenty percent of the world. They're designed to guide. And then manifestors are the big picture, big ideas. And they're not designed to work. They're designed to build a team so they can take their ideas and put them into play. And then reflectors, that's the fourth type. And there's actually a sub of the, of the generator. But the fourth type is a reflector. And a reflector needs an entire lunar cycle. Now think about this an entire lunar cycle in order to make a choice and decision that's correct for them. Think about society. Think about how pushed out those folks feel. Because mm. they're being forced to, well, Tracy, tell me what you want right now. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you then Do you want to do this? They don't know. So what I'm finding right now for me is I seem to be attracting most of my clients right now are in the projector realm. And I seem to be attracting clients that are what I call waking up and have no idea what to do with it. And actually, one of my programs I'm developing is called I'm Awake. Now what? Because spirit, source, divine, God, whatever you want to call it, there is an awakening going on in society right now. And some people take it and they can run with it. And they're doing research and they're doing things. Others don't know what to do, and they only go back to what they know is comfortable, and that's conditioning. So I'm, I'm really, and my clientele has been older, because that's typically where we get is those 50s and 60s. You know, we get to that point and go, is this all there is? Really? I mean, I've done all this, and this is it? So I'm a, quite a few of my clients are in the 50s and 60s, but I'm really excited because I've started to get people that are in the younger 20s and 30s that are really starting to be curious now about, I don't want to do what you did. <laughs> you know, there's got to be something different here. Yeah. Wow. And that's really good news. I think for some people who have problems making decisions, for some, it takes a whole lunar cycle. I don't even know how long that is in terms of days. Well, it's, tell 30, it's 30 days. Think about it. It's 30 days. Wow. It's an entire lunar cycle. But how validating to be able to have that knowledge that, you know, I don't make decisions very easily. It takes me some time. And then to come to you or somebody like you who does human design and become really validated and say, oh, and this is why, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that they're called kind of um, a sub kind of a terminology is they are the evaluators of the world because they can see things that others don't see. Because they are, they are totally undefined. So they are open to everything and can take in all kinds of energy. And, and it's, but they're not being utilized for that. They're being tried to jam into a box that somebody else is trying to jam them into. Yeah. Wow. Well, I can see that a roadmap 
with your human design would be helpful mm -hmm. if a person didn't know how to make decisions, choices, or even know what direction to move into in this day and age. So I'm really happy that younger people are gravitating to you because I, I for sure know uh, with my clients, a lot of people are afraid of making a wrong choice in their career path or even in relationships, love relationships or friendships. And I think that they really could use some of your help. What do you think? Well, well, let's take yours. I sent you your design. One of the things in your design is your what your what's called a three five profile. So that three, that's an I Ching line, but that's all about trial and error. It's all about experimentation. But society teaches success or failure, so people are afraid to fail. But your design is your design to try and learn. And then the fifth line is all about what you're doing right now, is coming out and bringing that learning to others for change. So, I mean, just the little bit we talked and the little bit of this is, you're working right within alignment within your design. Now, the danger to that fifth line, it's called the heretic, right? We know what a heretic is, right? It challenges, it calls things out. You are either a savior or you're crucified. Ooh, yeah. sounds so extreme. It is. But when you start working in alignment with your design and know when to share and know when to do what you're feeling you need to do, that's where people start coming to you and saying, oh, yeah, I want to be with you. And I'll, but that three is about trial and error. So you're designed to just try new things on. What can I learn from it? What can I learn from it? What can I learn from it? But again, most people are afraid to even try because they don't want to make that mistake. Let's go back to education, because what happened when we got that D or that F? What did we learn? That is so interesting you said that, because I got my first degree in accounting, and I failed my first accounting test. Hmm. Hmm. So when you say that I'm sort of designed to fail, right? Like I'm designed to continue to fail, but I learn from the failing. Once I know that, I will probably not meet that failure with the conditioning that is the world's conditioning of me to where it's like, you have to succeed, right? I'll be able to meet it with a different mindset, which is, oh yeah, this is just part of the journey that I always am on and this is how I learn. I don't know if I'm getting that backwards or no, you are spot on Tracy. It's it's that's just it. This is part of the journey I'm on. I'm designed to try new things. That's and that, what I'm designed. And, and that includes true. trying things that don't work out sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, society tells us if it didn't work out, it, it was a failure. So then you can move beyond any kind of conditioning that you've received from society. Exactly. Yeah, and, and one of the questions I get on the conditioning, right, and conditioning is anything, anything that keeps you from living your true self. So anything. But one of the things I get is, does conditioning ever go away? And the answer to that is no, because it's like a memory, but we can detach from it. So we have an attachment to that conditioning. Oh my God, if I try this, I failed. I remember in fifth grade when I did this and I tried and I failed, I remember how everybody laughed at me, blah, 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 blah. That's a story. 
and it's a story we're attached to. Now, if you know that the reason why or whatever, that kind of part of it, now you can say, oh, okay, story's still there. We can just reframe it in a different way. Cognitive reframing, right? I use that, use that a lot. Let's reframe that story now through your design. And it really does make a big difference. I was just thinking about cognitive therapy when you started to talk about that, like how many of this con the, the fear-based conditioning that you speak of is rooted in that, the beliefs that we have about ourselves and the truth, right? We have the beliefs that are not necessarily true and then we have the truth over here. They're totally separate things in, in a lot of cases. So for example, I might believe about myself that I am bad or I'm a failure when that's not necessarily true. Exactly, so I teach it as fact and truth is how I teach it. So we think about this is the fact is the beliefs. The truth is your design, that's your potential, that's your possibility. So when I look at yours, right, when I just kind of look at yours real quick and I look at what your, what's called the sun, of yours, let me, I'm uh, getting a little, here we go, Tracy. When I look at your son, it's out of the 50, or it's out of the 27th gate, which is all about, if my, which is all about personality. So it's a son, it's about expression and personality. But for you, you're 70% of what you do is about caring, like it's nourishment. It's, it's about caring for others. And look at what you're doing. Right? So that's what I do is I look at that part and say, what are you doing? What's your design? Now, what's keeping you from, what's keeping you from coming into alignment? That's the conditioning part. Then we start to pull, where did it come from? What's the story behind it? How do we reframe it? Probably a lot of the techniques you use, I use those same techniques then to align them with their roadmap, with their design. That is just so cool. I just cannot tell you how this clarifies a lot of things for me, not just learning about what human design is, but how it can really be helpful to people to have that roadmap and then to be more aware of that fear-based conditioning, how it can creep up. Because I'm sure that just because I have my roadmap doesn't mean that I'm free of that conditioning, correct? As I said, it never goes away, but the attachment, and depending on how deep that conditioning is, right, conditioning starts at birth, and while studies are now showing before birth, and even now with epigenics, they're talking about how conditioning can be generational, and we can inherit cellular conditioning from our prior generations. So you could be working out of a fear-based conditioning from your grandmother, who you may never have met or your great-grandparents. It's really interesting how that starts to then reveal itself and you don't know it because you think that's you. Hmm. Now, do you necessarily need to know that it's from grandma that you've never met or do you just need to be able to spot that, oh, this is fear-based conditioning and I need to move back to what is true and consistent with my design or how does that process work? Yeah. So you don't need to know where it comes from. Because when you start to do that, that, that you go up here then. We're, we're going to work here, right? You want, well, was, what did grandma, why did grandma, right? you know, that kind of thing. Is we identify it. We try to figure out where it comes from. You know, um, 
one of my clients will not wear dresses like she and she's an executive she's you know she's she was a ceo she's but so to go to some of these events where women are supposed to dress to the nines i mean and she remembered even her mom trying to get her into dresses and fight tooth and nail what we defined was at about four years old she remembered a memory that she got dressed up, she went to school, and all of her classmates laughed about her in a dress. She made up a story. She then did the story and reinforced all of it along the way. That was conditioning. So identifying the story then allows her to then detach from it. And now, when it still comes up, but now she's able to step back and go, hold on, let me look at my design and see where that is. What's the impact I want to make? Is it mine? How does it feel? And that's the biggest thing. It's not what do I think or what they think, but how do I feel about this? And that's inner authority. And there's there's multitudes of inner authority with every design. You may have different inner authorities to follow. And so as part of your work, do you teach people to access their inner authority or intuition, inner knowing, whatever you want to call it, so that you, so that people can move beyond the, the fear-based conditioning? Well, it's not so much teaching as becoming aware. So it kind of, right, kind of. And usually the question I ask is, have you ever done something that didn't turn out that you know you shouldn't have done? And everybody does just that. Crazy. Uh-huh. Great. And how did you feel when you made that decision? Well, I knew I shouldn't have done it. Why'd you do it? Well, because everybody was telling me to or whatever. It's following that inner authority. Now, for me, mine's emotional, which is no truth in the now. So I'm not designed to make decisions and choices in the moment. For me, truth is revealed over time. Now, think about that in the fire service. That didn't, I mean, that wouldn't work, but it's not, it's, and now it's separating them. I can still make snap decisions because I've got sacral energy, which is about the now. So I've got two authorities I can play with, but it's being aware of that and saying, okay, hold on. All right, I need to make, so, and then I'll go to my sacral and say, okay, how does this feel? And I'll be aware of how I feel about it right then. Second piece of that, if I feel I'm being pressured and look, I need a decision right now, to me that tells me it's not right for me. It's just I've decided if I'm being pressured into a decision, for me that's an indicator it's probably not correct for me. And I typically say no. Yeah, you know, one of the things that um, is so true about intuition is that people have it, like you said, we have it in there and we just have to sort of unlock it. And, it, and for that, it takes awareness of it actually being there right it is and i look at your design and you have a lot of intuition channels and things so you're probably pretty aware of things intuitively kind of like what you said about the cognitive reframing i was thinking it you were thinking it i spoke it so guess what we were connected everybody has the ability to be that intuition now again my story as a child very abusive, alcoholic, stepfather, you know, those kind of things. As a child, I knew what was going on, but I was being told something different. So who do you believe? This as a child or the parents who should be 
the authority. And what I've learned now is my intuition is pretty dang spot on. But for most 60 years of my life, I didn't trust it. Because as a child, I was told what I was seeing, feeling, was not what was correct. This is what is happening. And after a while, you just go, ah, okay, I guess. Wow. And, and so, yeah, and I think that that's true for a lot of kids, that they have awesome intuition. And they are not taught to trust their intuition. Now, I know your grandbaby is being taught according to their design and possibly with the, uh, you know, sort of the knowledge that this one has good intuition. This one's intuition I'm going to be fostering. And I would love that handbook to be uh, distributed to all parents uh, with all their babies and uh, to be able to help people access their intuition. Because what I find is that it doesn't serve them in their environments, intuition doesn't, but then they get back into counseling and I try and teach them to access it again because it's going to be their key, right? It's going to be their key. Yeah. This knows, this knows, not this, mm -hmm. right? The, the mind is never our inner authority. Yeah, so we're true. taught that. What do you think about that, Tracy? What do you think about that? What you better go think about that. Our mind is not our inner authority. It's and the it's a combination, in my opinion, of the mind and the body. When you ask me, think about a time where you made a decision, it just didn't feel right, and and I immediately uh, feel a tightness in my shoulders. I feel kind of a scrunching in, yep. and and so if if I'm aware of of that, is my body's reaction to a decision or a choice or even a concept that I'm hearing. I know that that's not consistent with what I intuitively know to be true for me. And uh, that's, that's how I learned about intuition and about how to get my intuition back. <laughs> yes. yes. And nurture it, right? Nurture it. One of the other things with your design, which is really kind of interesting is so you have an open head and open Ajna. I don't know if you have your sheet there, but the Ajna is about being certain. Ah. You're not designed to be certain. Really? <laughs> I'm uncertain about that. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> but you, well, because you've been taught probably with your modality, probably is that is if I'm going to give advice, I should probably be certain about that. Mm -hmm. But you're and, and it's really kind of cool. And I'm the same way. I'm I'm but I how many times I was pressured and five lines, the fifth line, remember your fifth line, people look at you for the answer. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you're not, when you get it for you, it's sacral. It's sacral energy is your decide. So you can make a decision right now. Yes, this is, this is correct. The issue is, is, is the certainty level for them or for you is that, is that continuum, I guess would be the word. Well, I already feel myself, my chaos, my internal chaos calming just by talking to you about my own design. When I think about it, uh, first, what you said about the I'm designed to try on new things and not designed to be certain and about it's okay, right? And, it's okay. and I can, through trial and error, figure things out and understand that that is, is my path. That helps me to 
it almost relieves me of a bunch of weight I've been carrying about this pressure I've been putting on myself to do certain things when really it's okay to do a lot of different things, right? And so let's go back to your design. You have an open route. An open route is the pressure to do things. Like you always are feeling pressure from out there and from in here to stay busy, to do things, to, to stay on time. <laughs> Look at you, like you go, okay. Yeah. Now, and so again, not good or bad, but now you get to say, hold on, I'm choosing not to do something right now. Whereas for you, both of your gates coming out of the root are unconscious, and I call it other unconscious. So what's that pressure you're feeling isn't here. It's in the other unconscious mind, which is a greater controller of us than the conscious mind. So you, I, boy, I can't, man, I better go do something. I have to do something. I've got to, I got to create more things. I've got to, that's the pressure. And you doing that is actually a not self behavior. And wow. that's one thing I do with all of my clients is you get what are not, they're called signposts. Like what is not self behavior? That's awareness. Ooh, I'm doing this. Okay, hold on. Pause, stop, hold on. What feels correct right now? Yeah. You know, you are spooky scary how you have just pretty much pegged me. And yes, that inability to stay still and not be producing something or doing something is definitely, it doesn't feel good. And, but yet it feels like it's something that I'm consistently doing. And nobody's putting that pressure on me except for myself. So if if people are out there that are really high achievers and one of the, the reasons that they have so much chaos is because they're continuously pressuring themselves to do and do and do and not just be, right? Uh, do you have any words of advice or counsel for these people who are just seem to be hopelessly caught in that cycle? Well, that's our world right now. I mean, look at the chaos that we're experiencing right now. And I believe COVID was given to us, and I'm not, a, you know, it's not man, I, I'm not, but whoever we got it was given to us to show us something. And I think for me, and I had it, I had my experience in, May, in March of 2020, really had me time to be still and stop and really start to evaluate. And then shortly afterwards is when I found this. So it really had me, because I couldn't go anywhere, I couldn't do anything, I couldn't get things done, I couldn't work with my clients, I couldn't, you know, I mean, I was down. But that part of all of a sudden going, okay, and now getting the answers to this to say, ah, here's who I'm being, is it in line with my design? Hmm. And that's, that's then that chaos from internally, and think about it, if we calm this chaos, Think about the energy that goes into the world. Because as we're experiencing chaos, and you've been in a room of people that somebody comes in and they're, right, or they're, you know, that energy, it's energy. It goes out of us into the room. So if we're all, if we can, if we can take this chaos and work in alignment and calm that, what do we do for the world? What do we do for the world? I don't know if that answered your question, but the answer to that would be, Get with somebody. If not me, find somebody that does human design and at least get your design and see where you are, what I call out of alignment. So true. And I and I appreciate the work that you do. This is 
uh, Robert's website, and it's uh, focuspointsolution.com. That is www.focuspointsolution.com is his website. And you can get in touch with, with Robert. And apparently you have, I think it's a complimentary discovery session that you have. Is that right? You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you can actually, there's a little survey. It's called, are you sabotaging, you know, 10 points to look at your sabotage in your life. You can look at that and you can schedule then a complimentary. It's a 45 minute, 30, 45 minute session where I just hit the high parts, kind of like what I've done with you. Oh, your root. Do you feel pressure all the time to stay busy? Do that kind of thing to at least give you the high points of your design. So I've just had a complimentary discovery session you and I thought it was very helpful. And I, you just have to give him your date of birth, time of birth, place of birth. Is that right? And the city. Yeah. And yes. time of birth is as accurate as possible. And that's where I seem to be running into a lot of people have no idea. Parents are either gone it's not showing up on their birth certificate. So we're finding ways to get that, but as accurate as you can, because again, planets and everything are aligning with this, is, is your design depends on that date, time, and location. And we, I think you and I talked a little bit about this and that I was meant to be born three days earlier than I was born. And so does that make a difference? And I think, you know, you had, you had explained it in a nice way, but for our audience, yeah. So I was supposed to be born three days earlier than I was. My mom had a really long labor. And as a result of that, I was born when I was born, at the time I was born, at the place I was born. And does that affect my design or what do you say to that? Well, the theory is 88 days before birth. So you're probably scheduled birth. What's called, and this is the little woo-woo part here, folks, right? If you if you want to get there and you but is your design crystal, your G center, your design crystal, the other than conscious mind, is downloaded into you at birth. And that's what makes the difference. Not when you're scheduled birth, at birth. When you leave the birth canal is when your personality then is downloaded. Hmm. So it is not your scheduled birth. You know, I was late, I was early, that kind of thing. It's at the time of birth is when it happens. Does it matter if you did not come through the canal that you came through C-section, which is no, what happened? It's with me. the time when you were birthed. Ah, when I when I first came into this lovely world that we're in. When you first came into this lovely world, I love that. When you first <laughs> came into this lovely world, yeah. And you are uh, one of my teachers that I've been working with. You are a once in a lifetime cosmic event. Think about what? that. You are a once in a lifetime cosmic event. What's the chances that you were born? Look, at, I mean, you've seen those odds, right? Out of how many? Yeah. And it's unique for you. Mm. And live your uniqueness. And that's one of the things that really attracts me to human design is that I love the uniqueness about it because we all are unique. We all have our unique uh, gifts, talents, and strengths and our medicine that we have to give to this world, whatever that, whatever form it might take. And we all have our journeys. And I think that with a roadmap, we're probably better able to understand more about that. And I guess that's, that's for me, what helps me to feel a little bit calmer about my, my journey, because I definitely have lots of ideas about where I want to go, and not a whole lot of time 
time is my struggle. Time mm. to do everything I want to do. Time that it takes with technology. That is a really big issue. So if I were to work with you or somebody else was to do their complimentary session and then they had these other like, this is a big struggle in my life. This is a big challenge in my life. This is causing me a lot of chaos. You Can you work through those individual issues with the backdrop of the whole human design and the fear-based conditioning that could be showing up? Yeah, well, and, and let's think about this. If you're going on a road trip, you're gonna get a roadmap. Now we got GPS, so it's easy, right? But what happens if I wanted to, you know, I live in Colorado, I wanted to come see you in the Pacific Northwest. And I just went, okay, well, I'm just gonna get my car and go. And I just start driving. And if you think about it, that's what most people are doing. Wow. They're getting in their vehicle, their body, they're grabbing the wheel, and they're just driving. Whereas if we can sit back and understand, and this has been a huge awareness for me, is I'm not the driver, I'm a passenger. And it allows me to look at life differently and respond to what comes to me within my roadmap. So, Tracy, you want to do this. Let's look at it. Let's see where this struggle is. Let's see where it's coming from. Is it conditioning or is it design? Okay. And then start to pull that apart. Start to, I call it, kind of tweezer it, tweezer it apart. So from where I am now to where I want to go, to be able to have a clear sort of map toward, toward that instead of just getting in my car and driving, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and is that, what is it that you have to maybe let control of to be, because there's a couple things here that may tell me a little bit about you like to have control. Um. <laughs> you are so spooky scary. <laughs> but that's the thing I can, and people do that. They're like, wow, how do you know that? Because it's your design, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like I can go out in the street out here and a buddy of mine next door owns a Ford Mustang. Well, how do I know that? Because it's got a label on the hood that says Ford Mustang. You have a design that tells us your, and again, not who you are. I really want you to get that. It's your possibility, your potential, and your purpose. Who you are is how you show up. And is it aligned with your purpose, your potential, and your possibility? And so part of your work that you do is helping people to find those three P's. Yep. Right. Yep. Awesome. And I can find them for you. I'll point them out to you. They're in your, I, I, one of and my clients, one of the things they get is called an I am sheet and it is who you are per your design. And then now let's work through that. Let's see if what you want to do aligns with mm -hmm. that design. Yeah, so this is all separate from who I am. Well, it, it, again, a lot of people say your design is who you are. I don't like mm -hmm. that because who you show up is who you are. Yeah. Your design is your potential, your possibility, and your purpose. Is the three Ps. Is the Absolutely. Three Ps. Yeah. Well, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about, about this, this picture here on your website. I love this picture. And what was the inspiration behind that? The door is blocked. There you are standing in front of the door. And it says, is the door to your future blocked? Well, think about it. How many people have dreams but don't know how to get there? Hmm. Right? Well, so I would we say a lot of this, people. And which is a lot of people. 
And that door being blocked is the conditioning of life. But we don't know that. So many times we'll look at it and go, well, I, I don't know this. So I got to go get another degree or I got to go get this or I, you know, I need to do some more research or so my questions on there, you know, do you, do you regret, do, is there guilt or regret keep you from living full out in life? How many, that's past based. Have you made so many mistakes in the past that you're now afraid to do anything? You and I talked about that. Do you mm -hmm. feel anger or bitterness? Those are two signposts for manifestors or projectors. How many people feel bitter about life? That's telling me that you are not living in alignment with your design. And that's the door if you, you know, and again, how many people grab the handle and they'll shake like hell and they'll try to, you know, knock it in and they'll bang on it and they'll do everything they can. This is the key to opening the door. Door is blocked. Yes. So resentment or bitterness or anger, frustration. So with you as a manifesting generator, your not self theme is when you feel frustrated. Do you ever feel frustrated? Uh, just a tiny bit at technology and some of the other things in this world. Sure. Mm -hmm. And that's you not being yourself. That's you not living your design. That's a signpost. You know, I always said, if things stop being fun, it's time to change your game plan. And I've tried to live my life with that sort of philosophy and sometimes it doesn't work because I continue to push forward through that blocked door. Yep. And that causes me a, a lot of internal chaos for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, when I look at you, you've got a really cool, it's called, it's called the channel of charisma. People just love to be with you. I mean, you have an aura, you and I first met and I felt just really comfortable with you. That's part of who you are and probably why you have success in your career because people trust you. You have that charisma. That's part of your design and it's conscious. And that's the, if you look at your sacral, it goes from your 34 to the throat of your 20. Hmm. It's unconscious and conscious. But wow. you're charismatic. People like you. I've never really thought about myself as charismatic, but now you're you're sort of pumping up my ego here. Oh wait, am I supposed to get away from the ego? There's a the ego is is there somewhere. I know it has to be with the whole I Ching and that sort of uh, philosophy uh, wrapped up in the human design, right? Like, so when when do we uh, when do we look at the ego and how that might be getting in our way and not serving us? Well, just you just said it. When does the ego is not good or bad? It's just the question, a little bit of twist, is how does it serve us? Is your ego serving you? And your ego, for you, comes out of the heart center. That's where ego is. That's where willpower is. Mm -hmm. So that's why you can, and I heard you say, push through things. That defined heart for you gives you that energy to push through. Although, may not be right to push through. Right. <laughs> Wow. So, but again, we teach to get rid of the ego, but we need that ego. That ego is who, that ego is part of who we are. The question is, how is our ego serving us? And it serves us in so many different ways. Is it effective or ineffectively serving us? 
And and that's what the awareness piece is, right? And just to be able to stop and ask yourself that question, is this serving me or is this not serving me, is another piece of awareness it is. you could have. But we go through life, un, quote, unconscious, right? What's the statistics? They say 90 to 95% of what we do is from the other unconscious mind. It's habit and conditioning. Yeah. It's when we step back and be aware of, hold on a second and be aware of that, then, when, then we can make changes in the roadmap. Then we can make changes in the And with more of us on the road, with a direction, a GPS, a roadmap, whatever you might term it, I think that our world and the vibrational frequency of our world will, will uh, be a higher vibrational frequency, right? Is that what the, the transformation is, is one person at a time realizing that they're on a path, they have a direction, they're, they're transcending any of this fear-based conditioning. And, and in doing that yourself, you are serving the whole universe. Mm -hmm. I was looking to see i hadn't looked at that is you know what, what is the frequency and you may know this because it's your is what is the frequency of chaos right when you start to look at the frequencies um and i real quick I, i'm not finding where to where to come up with that i used to have a chart that had that but i can't recall it but think about that when we mm -hmm. dial up love when we dial up acceptance of others and ourselves. When we, I mean, think about our world right now. We are the, the probably the most divided we have ever been. We are in such a right-wrong judgment society. And what's interesting, what I get to do and listen is, a lot of times both sides are saying the same thing. They're just not listening to the other. And that's why one of the things I've learned how to do is suspend right and wrong. I don't think there is a right and wrong. There's an effective and ineffective, but anytime I'm right means you got to be wrong and you don't want to be wrong. Nobody does. So if we can operate within our design and honor other people's design, mm. right? What did Martin Luther King say? The day will come when we not judge a person by his color, but truly his soul, who he is, mm. that's human design. I'm so glad that you said that about honoring other people's designs too, because that was a point that may have gotten missed if it hadn't been covered right here. But of course, it always comes back because you are one of those, what did you say? It was like the information will come back to you when it's needed, right? And so it was, that was a perfect example uh, in real time of how you're able to to put that out there too. Yes, we all have our own designs, but to be understanding and aware of other people's designs is just as important, right? It's just as important. And, and so one of the things I now do is I'm not, and this is why I did it with you, and is that I wanna see who your design, I wanna see your design. And then I can see how to communicate. So for you as a manifesting generator, it's really about asking yes or no questions to get you started. If I'm working with a projector, they need to be recognized, seen, and invited. So if I start asking a projector yes or no questions, they if you start asking me or you, people, so tell me how you feel about this or that kind of thing, we and I do anyway, I tend to kind of get locked up without that first kickstart of, of that yes or no question. That's our sacral. 
Mm -hmm. So understanding each person's design allows me to then step into their design and communicate with them and hear from where, how they're coming, how they're, where they're coming from. So, so this is a, use, a useful tool for a person to have in relating to other people. And absolutely, yeah, being able absolutely. to use that. Well, I, I don't know if you want to say anything else about some of the services or the, uh, I, I know that you uh, do, you do speaking, you do coaching, you do mentoring. Uh, go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and put the website up again. That is uh, focuspointsolution.com. Robert Kittredge. And uh, yeah, what else do you want to say about the things that you offer? Well, I've just started and I, and I, I, I coach speakers and I, I just finished one TEDx event. I've got another one this weekend. So I coach TEDx speakers. And what I've started to do, and I look at yours, right, is when we look at our throat, every gate is a voice. So for you, you've got one, two, three, four defined voices that you could speak through. And so when I work with TEDx speakers, and I've got one this next weekend, that her, her whole speech was asking the audience questions. And when we switched it, her two voices is I know and I believe. So now her whole speech is, here's what I know, here's what I believe. And it has made the speech totally turned around. So it, it really is just jump on, take the assessment, see where you are, schedule a, schedule a complimentary call, and, and let's see how it works out. Let's, let's see where it goes. Yeah, I love this. Uh, so uh, visit Robert at his website, focuspointsolution.com. I also have his uh, social media links and it's at this, the same focuspointsolution.com. And then there is a forward slash my links, my yep. dash links, yep. as you see on the screen. And we'll have those in the notes so that you can find out where you can reach uh, Robert in the future. And if you are interested in scheduling a complimentary discovery session, such as you've seen an example with me here today, as uh, all I had to do is give a little bit of information. And he is, again, very spooky, scary at how he was able to just use his tools to just pinpoint my design. And then I actually have a lot less chaos now knowing that there is a direction that I can go in to uh, receive help for some of the things that I struggle with here. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Thank you so much for being with us today, uh, Robert. I appreciate you and the work that you do. And it's always been a dream of mine to do a TED Talk. So if you've ever thought about doing a TED Talk and you want some coaching, Robert's your man for sure. Yep, that's what I can do is I can work with you to pull out your big idea. And that's what TED's all about is the big idea worth sharing. So think awesome. about that, Tracy. What's your big idea you want to share? <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to think because I've got so many of them. Remember, I've got all kinds of them brewing around in my mind. So yeah. it'd be yeah. interesting to, to work that through a little bit more thoroughly. Okay. Um, I'd love to help you if I could. And thank you so much. And I meant that. It really is an honor to be on this. this and it was great talking with you, too. I appreciate you and the work you do. Thank you so much for being on Calming the Chaos today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos podcast. If the information in this podcast has been helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. 
You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and on YouTube. You can also go to our podcast website at www.calmingthechaospodcast.com, where you can listen to all Calming the Chaos podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.